I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. I got to get a little size, you know, um, I'm lacking a little size with my second group. So with my sixth pick, I'm going to go with Big Sabonis. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The all-star draft dude, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? What about that shade to the Utah Jazz, though? <laughs> How's David Locke feeling? Like, how how are Jazz fans feeling watching that whole thing <laughs> unfold? And it's just a laughing fest at... I mean, if you needed any more proof that the top teams or top stars in the league... Do not give a crap how good you are and how good your record is and how scared of the how scared of you they are or whatever in the playoffs. Then uh, just watch that little segment. It was fairly interesting. On today's show, we're going to talk about and react to the All Star Draft between LeBron and Durant. Talk about where Luca went, what Luca's team is. We'll talk about the shade thrown at the Jazz guys. The two Jazz guys went last in the whole draft. I mean. That, that's insane to me. It's insane to me, and it's so funny. So we're going to get into that. And then we got to touch on Darren Williams, Mark Cuban, Donnie Nelson, all in the news because Darren Williams went on the Ringers NBA show and talked about the summer of 2011 when he almost signed with the Mavs, had an offer on a house. So we'll talk about that and get into that a little bit. And then for the last two segments, we're going to hear from two of you. Hear from two of our donation listeners. We talked about it when we were collecting donations for our calling. We said if you guys donated a certain amount that you would get on the podcast. We're making good on that. We're starting our, our guys. We got a bunch, a bunch to get through. Like we did two today and we have like 15 more to do, which is awesome. It's incredible that that many people donated. So we're going to hear from them. Great guys, Dylan and uh, and Eric. So we're going to hear from them in a little bit. But all right. So Luka Doncic is drafted with the fifth pick overall. LeBron's third pick, he goes on Team LeBron. His team is LeBron, Giannis, Curry, Luka, and Jokic. True or false, Steph Curry is the worst passer on the on that starting five. False. You think Giannis, Giannis is? Giannis it's cl- is. It's yeah. close to the Giannis. I just, oh, I would take Steph all day as a better passer. Giannis is a real good passer. He like, is, but like, Steph is a really, really good passer. Yeah, but don't throw shade at Steph and be like, oh, he's so much better. Like, Giannis is a good because passer. Because he is. I think he is hands and feet, like, Head to toe. Stop. Did you almost say hands and feet better? (laughs) Hair and toes better. I I do think he's clearly better passing. Feet and hair and toes. Hair and toes. (laughs) Uh, Either way, I I made a joke on Twitter that Steph was the worst passer on his on on, in that starting. Did people agree with me? Oh yeah, no. There's a bunch of people. There's so many Steph fans that just come out and say like, "What are you saying? Don't ever say anything bad about Steph." I was making a joke about. How this starting five is such a good pass. I mean, Luka, LeBron, Jokic. Like, Giannis and Steph are the two worst passers. (laughs) That's pretty wild to see that. Uh, So that team is pretty stacked. Team Durant, the starters are uh, actually Kyrie, Embiid, Leonard, Beal, and Tatum. Without Durant, that starting five does not look as good at all. Well, he took, I mean, he's, 
I think how those first few picks played out made like a complete sense. I think if anyone else got picked over Luca in that starting, you know, unit, I'd be like, okay, that now we're because you expected KD to take Kyrie with his first pick, whatever yeah. it was, and I expected Steph and Embiid to go over Luca. But if you're Luca and you could script out who would be the other four starters with you, I think this would be the exact four that he would pick. He loves Jokic. LeBron yeah. is his idol. Yeah. He's always praised Steph Curry. And then, yeah. you know, the, the wild card in that is, uh, wait, who's the other guy I'm forgetting? Giannis. Giannis. Yeah. He, can, yeah, he, yeah. he can get real mad and get in Giannis's ear by not signing with the Mavs this summer. How many highlights are Mavs fans going to tweet out? And, you know, where it's a Luka lob to Giannis. And like, oh, what, what could have been? <laughs> what could have been? There are so many things could have been. The other thing is, it would have been interesting to see Luca and Kai. Uh, Kai I almost said Kai Wee. Ka- Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Luca and Kawhi Leonard be on the same team because then could do some intermingling, mm. see if there's anything there. Maybe they become big friends. And Can, can uh, we just take a moment real quick and acknowledge that this, for one game, not you know for who you're starting your franchise with, but for one game, Luca. In his third season, middle of his third season, got picked over Kawhi Leonard. Like Crazy. that's that's insane to think about. That just shows you how good Luca is, how he's respected around the stars in the league. It just, I mean, it's just a. I can't wrap my head around that. That Kawhi, that I mean, I was saying all last year that he's the best you know overall player in the league, and. I mean, he's one of the best you know, perimeter guys. He's, he's won a title. Everything about Kawhi. And for Luka to get picked over him, I think it just speaks volumes. The last two picks, literally the last two picks, were Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. LeBron, <laughs> even, LeBron even said, I need some size on my team. My team needs some shoring up in the front court, and I need some size. Rudy Gobert is literally still on the board, and he goes, Demonis Sabonis. That was his pick before Rudy Gobert, before Donovan Mitchell. I mean, like, what is okay? What does it mean? Like, what does it mean for the Jazz that these two guys are the are the last two taken? Like, was it just a reaction from the Sixers game where they were whining, and maybe that just has carried over this whole season? Maybe they're just throwing shade at them because they're the top team, and like, it could be anything. Well, I feel like Gobert has whined a little bit through you know throughout the years. You know, not making the All Star team. You know, when he. He would not he get the defense. Literally cried player. when he didn't make the All Star team that one year. That's yeah, that's very true. I mean, we've seen Durant throw some shade at him on that. What I think it was the Bill Sa- or yes. some some pod, yeah. and clearly, you know, talking about Gobert and you know not being scared of the quote defensive player of the year, and that's why we were like, yeah, I was joking like when, how far Gobert is going to slide. I'm like I know KD's not going to take him. Like that's just yep. and you know that. But for LeBron to pass over him too, I just think it's a it's a clear message to them of, hey, cool, we're glad that you're the you know coach Bud Atlanta Hawks. That that's cool. But when it comes down to, you know, the playoffs, can you prove people wrong? And it sucks because I do want to say this: it's fun to poke fun at the Jazz because it seems like their their fan base is so defensive and so like gatekeeping in a way not that we're all like storming those gates to get in but you know <laughs> because i don't care about me and jazz fan and they haven't had really anything to be excited about outside of you know uh russell contending you know mj in the 90s there it's like hey have fun with your finals appearances but in a in a way it's like i would normally be excited for a team like that and i'm happy for a smaller market doing so well and 
I don't know. There's just something about him that's annoying to me. And well, I mean, it culminated and it kind of like manifested itself in the game against Philadelphia where they don't get a call and they get a call, a bad call against them. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, everybody's against us in small market and all that. Like, like, do you have to do that? Right. You know, you're not making it not making anybody feel any better about your team at that point. To say about the the game is one thing. Like if you, you know, spout out after a game and you just say some stuff about that game, that's one thing. Because you're like, all right, I can I can understand that. Players do that sometimes. But to lump it in of like uh, the whole season and everybody else gets treated better than us all the time. I'm like, okay, now now you're just whining. Your team is like twenty five and three. Like you know, like you know what I mean. Like, I know. How much yeah. could the refs have been against you this season? You're that good. You have the best record in the league. Is this awkward when Rudy and Donovan show up for the all-star practice? I'm like, hey. Yeah, so, like they were the last ones picked. Why did you pick me last? Well, it probably <laughs> it probably it probably like solidifies in their mind that they're disrespected. Nobody believes in us, nobody likes us, we're disrespected and all that. So it's probably just oh, gonna aggravate yeah. it's just gonna aggravate this whole thing, right? Because oh, it it I'm at some point this season, we're gonna hear this moment come up in one of their post game comments. Yes, right? like, go bear. That's what I was about to say. Go bear. It put the money down. He will yep. for sure say something about this. We're gonna see Andy B. Larson or somebody or even David Locke like tweet out a long thing, like a whole, like just like Go Bear had his what was it, or like a four page comment, like four pages of notes. <laughs> on what he said after the game and in there somewhere it's going to be we were disrespected that game against philly that we should have won we believe we won that game i, I also and when they think lose in, and when they lose in the second round we can bring all that back up i don't want to get too far into it but uh, there's also a level where donovan mitchell said we believe we won that game uh mm. no you don't do that right like you don't do that like the last person that just did that that said they thought they won something that they actually didn't oh no you know what I mean? Like, no, you don't do that, right? Like, don't do that. Uh, all right, well, we don't have a ton of time, but we wanted to touch briefly on the Darren Williams thing because he showed up on an NBA, the Ringer NBA show, and he said um, he was going to sign in 2012. Remember back in the summer of 2012, the Mavericks had just won the title, not the year before, but the year before that. And they were going to sign. He was going to sign. He says, I think Cuban not being there threw me off. Remember that Mark Cuban was supposed to be at his meeting, but he had to film a, an episode of Shark Tank, and so he could not attend the meeting with Darren Williams. So he said, I think Cuban not being there kind of threw me off because I was going to Dallas. I already put an offer on a house in Dallas. It was contingent on me signing, but I was gone. I was ready to come home and play for Dallas. But I think after that meeting, he's talking about the meeting with the Mavericks, I left that meeting and was kind of wishy-washy on what I wanted to do. So like going into the meeting with the Mavericks, he was sold. And then after that, he was like, ah, I don't know if I want to actually go here. So that's real living proof that a free agency meeting with the Mavericks like turned off a player who was otherwise going to go there. Now, we're going to probably do a whole what if about this during the offseason yeah. on was that a good thing for the Mavericks because Darren Williams goes and signs that $100 million deal with the Nets and he's not really the player that he was with the Jazz and all that kind of stuff. So, But I found this fascinating today. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, like Nick said, we'll touch on a, on a bigger uh, pod, but just the idea of having you know Darren and Dirk there you know Dirk was I think 33 34 at the yeah, time 34. and to bring Darren in at that time would have been huge and I mean there's a lot of grumblings back then about how confident Dallas was and you know Darren was from Dallas you know he had an offer on a house yeah I mean just that 
being a hometown and all of that. And uh, yeah, obviously we got him later on in his career and, you know, Nick and I were both covering the Mavs, you know, during those, was it two years that he was with Dallas? Um, mm-hmm. Back, yeah. I, I remember. It was a couple uh, of years. Yeah, in the old locker room. I remember talking to him at his locker and stuff and he was a super nice guy. But yeah, I mean, I think it, it's definitely a what if. I mean, that whole, there's probably a portion of our listeners who don't remember the Chris Paul versus Darren Williams debate and just how good Darren Williams was back then. Like, just, like not not Brooklyn Darren Williams, even though he, has, he had his moments there, but Utah yeah. Darren Williams, oh my gosh. Like, he was so dang good. And to pair him he- with Dirk, in his early 30s that would have been huge he was like a a shorter version of luca you know like because he had the build he could push people around like he would push guards around because he was so strong really good passer scorer like he wasn't taking step backs and stuff like that but like and he wasn't as big but that's the kind of because he just played bully ball as a point guard yeah yeah i'd say you know yeah different a little bit different type of player obviously his his crossover was nasty uh when he, he could pull that off but uh but yeah we'll 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 touch on, on a bigger stance of like what the roster would have looked like back then but i think it is eye-opening to hear what those meetings look like and you know what how did that impact dallas's meetings going forward after that you know because we've heard so many stories about you know cuban being there for all these you know free agent pitches from you know the years after that uh, whether he's in la and you know miami wherever he was at you know meeting with people so I wonder if that changed his approach to free agent meetings too. So there's a there's a lot to it that uh yeah, that it's <laughs> intriguing too. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, he's not missing meetings now, basically. Loyal <laughs> listener Mark Cuban, not missing any meetings now. <laughs> uh yeah, the other the other thing that was interesting about this was Daryl Williams said, I'm coming from a place where they're kind of laying everything out and telling me what their process is. And then then I'll flip. He's talking about the Nets, the Nets meeting. They were laying everything out, telling him the whole process, what their plan was. And on the flip side, it's Donnie Nelson saying, trust us, trust us. And Darren Williams says, I get what he was saying now because of their track record. He has a great track record with what they've done, what they continue to do. It was hard for me to see that at that point. And so... I think what they were missing is somebody to cast vision, right? Somebody to lay out the plan and Cubans really good at that, right? Like Cubans really good at laying yeah. everything out and telling you the whole plan and showing the, like, you know, the vision. And I think that they were missing that in that meeting. So it's interesting. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure no one will use this as an indictment on Donnie Nelson, which as confirmation bias either way. Right. I'm sure no one will do that. Right. Right. I haven't been on Twitter too much. So I right? just want to refrain right? from that. Yes. Right. All right, coming up, we're going to hear from two of our listeners. Great. We call them heroes because they donated at a time when DFW needed it the most. And so we're going to hear from two of our guys. So listen, they're fun. They're fun interviews. We get to hear about somebody's life and get to hear about what they, you know, when they started listening to the podcast, what they think about Porzingis, what they think about the team and all that. We'll hear from those two guys coming up. But before we do, today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go there. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. So many sports still going on right now. And NCAA coming up on March Madness here. There's so much stuff you can get into. So many different lines you can check. NBA, always. So much stuff going on. There's games every single night. But All-Star coming in. I'm sure they'll have All-Star odds and all that kind of stuff. So, 
when you don't have NBA games every single night, get your fix with NCAA, all that kind of stuff. NHL, really good lines. And actually, they're doing really good with their picks on Lockdown Bet. So check that out. And then go put some money down on Bet Online. It has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. The best place to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Again, use that promo code LOCKDOWN with a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Also, check out the Locked On Today podcast. It is all the sports news you need in 20 minutes or less. Everybody's going to be on there. All the people that you need to know on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's basically a showcase of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's awesome. Every single day, 20 minutes. Go check it out. Locked On Today. All right, Isaac, welcome in. Our first ever guest from the, uh, we went back a little while ago, we were doing donations for our calling, and we had a bunch of people that donated, we wanted to bring people on that donated, and so our first, like, I don't know, hero, I guess we're going to bring on, Dylan Katrina, longtime listener, welcome in, what you got for great me? To be here. It's great to be here, I'm glad to I'm glad to be on the pod, uh, longtime listener, uh, started listening a, a while ago, uh, actually the first episode, uh, I started listening. I was in Austin, Texas for an internship and I had a bit of a commute. I had a walk. Was this a paid internship? It was not a paid internship. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. Wow. Do we want to throw shade at? No, just keep no, going. Who no, was it? Didn't. Name name the company. I can't do that. They were good. <laughs> they were very good to me. Uh, I learned a lot when I was working there, but I did have to walk in the heat quite a bit mm. uh, to get there. Well, what else did they do for you? They they made you walk in the heat, and they didn't pay you. I mean, what would they actually do for you? I actually did get. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just messing. I had some good connections that I got a job. Hey, uh, that's go. good. Yeah, um, but no. So I was uh, at the time. It was about a couple of weeks before the draft, the NBA draft, with when we took Dennis Smith Jr. Mm. Um, good times. And I, great great times. Fajitas. Uh, now looking back on that. I was way too excited for Dennis Smith or Junior PSA. <laughs> I don't think you're alone, Dylan. Yeah, I don't think you're alone either. It's okay. Um, but at the time, I was looking for a Mavs podcast to listen to. Mm. And I found Locked on Mavs podcast. And little did I know that I was listening to the first episode when I stumbled upon it. Uh, and I just I kept listening from there. Dang. Wow, you stuck with us from the very beginning. That's wild. That's a day. That's like a real day one card carrying Raccoon Squad member. That's awesome. OG, you know we're nearing a thousand episodes, so that's a lot of time that you've listened to us. So shout out. You've listened to me more than my wife probably. So <laughs> yeah, shout I mean, out to you, Dylan. Thank you, thank you. It it struck <laughs> me that I was the first episode when uh, you mentioned the uh, raccoon. Uh, like the shooting them down at the, at the, at the <laughs> I was like, oh my god! Uh, <laughs> Hold on, wait. He didn't kill the raccoons. We want to be clear on. Okay. We want to be clear to Peta and all the animal cruelty activists out there. No raccoons were harmed in the making of the name Raccoon Squad. I just want to be very clear about that. <laughs> yes, I, I, I did shoot at them with something. Yes, I did not yeah. kill the raccoon. Yeah, but, they yeah. were shot at. They were. Not- they were shot at. Sorry. <laughs> But it, it hit me at that moment that I was, that was the first episode. And I was like, oh my God. Let's go. That's so cool. Awesome. Uh, which I also, I think, Isaac, I think we're the longest running, like, consistent Mavs pod right now. I don't know if there's another one. 
Oh yeah, we are. Yeah. I was trying to think about that. I was trying to think about that today. I put it out on Twitter just to see if anybody has had a longer one. I don't think so. There's the graveyard. As far as like one RSS feed, one pod, two yeah, like yeah. the same host. Yes, we're the yeah. Like Skin has been doing podcasts longer than us, but yeah, yeah. The, the graveyard of podcasts, just Mavs podcasts in general, is it's vast. It's it quite is, vast. It's and there's good ones out. I'm not saying there's not good ones. I'm saying that ours has been the longest, which is wild. Anyway. Dylan, what's your what's your thing this season? What what have you been most excited to watch? What has been the thing that gets you going watching Mavs games? Have you been frustrated watching the Mavs? Is it a good season for you? Is it a tough season for you? I mean, considering the last couple of years, uh, with Dennis, it hasn't been. I mean, and that like whole team, I it's better. Uh, I actually started being a Mavs fan a long, long time ago. I uh, grew up about an hour and a half from Philadelphia. And you'd think I'd be a Sixers fan, uh, but I was not. My family wasn't really big into basketball. Do you like the the Eagles? Uh, I do not like the Eagles. Uh, I currently live in Pittsburgh now, um, so I am a Steelers fan. Plot to (laughs) I know that's going to hurt Isaac a little bit there. Well, and and Nick as well. Yeah, well, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, they're forgiven. In Pittsburgh, we don't really talk about the Bengals all that much. Yeah, they um, don't matter. No, okay. Nobody does. It's okay. No, no one, not even me. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I I grew up uh, idolizing Dirk. Uh, mm. Just couldn't couldn't stop watching. Um, two thousand six was soul crushing. So eleven, two thousand eleven was great. Uh, but this season, in comparison to where we've been, I would say since the championship, has been so much more fun uh, to watch because it feels like the games that we're playing in were actually like growing and they matter. Because like, I mean, for me personally, I felt that we were kind of wasting a little bit of Dirk's career near the end. And today, mm. hearing the Darren Williams news uh, kind of hurt a little bit because we were chasing a lot of those free agents. But now that we have this core in, I feel really good about where we're going. Yeah, that that so that uh that Darren Williams news today from the, the Ringer podcast. I think we'll have to do a whole what if on that one, Isaac. Yes, uh, we at will. some point. So we'll get into that for sure. Um, yeah, I so the big thing this season has been Luca. People have been kind of upset with Porzingis. Where do you stand on Porzingis right now? I like to I like to gauge where fans are because it, I put out you know on Twitter the other day. What do you expect from Porzingis? The game that Luca is out and. The responses were insane. It was like anywhere from forty points to nine points, or you know, from like five rebounds to fifteen rebounds. It's just crazy what people think about Porzingis. Do you think he can be the second star in a championship team? Do you are you ready to run him out of town? What's your take on Porzingis right now? Mm. Yeah, I don't think I would trade him for like anything. Uh, as Bill Simmons would like to say, like quarters for a dollar, because I think mm. he's a really good player and his potential is just too great to give away for nothing i think he might be best suited as a three for this team uh i think we need someone like a third star not like a small forward oh no 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 not not (laughs) i was was like oh wait (laughs) Uh, no um no i think you'd be a great like third star to this team yeah i think we need someone who can consistently play because the injuries have been concerning Mm. not gonna lie with that uh, it's been very frustrating. I, I remember being so excited when we landed him in that trade. I was like, yes, we kept Dirk healthy. We kept Tyson health, healthy when we had him. 
And I was like, oh my God, maybe we'll be able to actually keep uh, KP healthy. And that just really hasn't been necessarily the case. And obviously I know that's some of bad luck there with the injury in the bubble, but I feel like if we have a second star, having him out every now and then will hurt less because we're relying on him so much. That's very true. I think Dylan does have a point on that because there's such a big spotlight on the Porzingis stuff and rightfully so because of his contract and he's the second star to Luca and stuff. But if they did have that consistent third guy, it would now would KP like that? That's a different question, but it would take the spotlight a little bit off KP to where for them to hit their ceiling, they would need him to be fully healthy, but would it be as important for him to be out there as much as he is? Not as much, but that's a good point, Dylan. Yeah, you're turning Porzingis into Bosch at that point, which it was hard for Bosch to be Bosch. It was hard for Ray Allen to be Ray Allen. It was hard. But is you know, Bosch better than Julius Randle? <laughs> <laughs> is Julius Randle better than Kristaps Porzingis? That's the question that we got to ask ourselves. And does that mean have, Bosch is better than Porzingis? I have a few Knicks or Nick fans, yeah. and they, uh, they exist. Cool. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they exist. Come on. I'm They're just kidding. Just come, I just uh, in like they exist in real life. I've just. I see trolls. I've just never met one in, in real life. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they like to uh, blow up my phone uh, with like, oh, man, you thought KP was going to be so good. Julius Randall's <laughs> better. I hear it all the time. It, it hurts. It does yeah. hurt right now. Make sure you remind them whenever Randall's traded, whether it's this deadline or the <laughs> offseason, remind them and just give them a shout out. Tell them that we said hey for uh, Frank Nilakina. Or when they give him a huge max contract and he's not an all-star like ever again. <laughs> I do also like to remind them that in theory at the end of the day we really only gave up two first round picks. Yeah, yeah. So and uh, Dennis and Dennis who got a triple double the other night. Shout out to DSJ. He, he did. I was very happy uh to see that. I actually back when I was in Austin, I was coming back up to the Eastern uh or back up to Pittsburgh and uh I almost I stopped at American Airlines to do a tour because I had to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, I almost got a Nerlens Noel jersey and a Dennis Smith Jr. at that Future. time. And I'm so glad that I, uh, my fiance or my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, told me, Dylan, don't do it. You're going to, I have a feeling you might regret this. And I'm, I'm glad that she was there to stop me. Hey, maybe we should have the fiance on. Maybe she's okay. the clairvoyant one that can know when these players, maybe we should ask her about Porzingis. Dylan, can we, can we get the proposal story? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So um, I've actually been dating my girlfriend for over 10 years now. Oh, uh, my gosh. What is your, yeah. Were you on diapers together? Uh, no, in high school. Um, okay. 10 well, years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so her family on Christmas Eve, they get together. They have this, like, really big get-together. Obviously, this year we could not do that, sadly. Yeah. Um, but uh, near the end of the night, we get together and we sing like a bunch of Christmas songs. And it's, it's adorable. a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> at the end of the night, we sing the 12 days of Christmas and everybody groups up. Uh, into I know you're going group. with this, Dylan. You sly dog, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody groups up into like different groups for the different days. And you have to do like a dance, like a solo for that day. And her and her mom traditionally do five golden. Do they have a Broadway past or? Yeah, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> no, they do. They don't. Uh, they it's don't. The theatrical family. 
This is either um, really cool in the moment or really awkward, but keep going. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so her and her mom are usually together and uh, either her mom's uh, husband now uh, get together and are in the group for five golden rings. And mm. this year or that year, I got to be in the group. Hey, and builds uh, the five golden rings. Yep. Um, and I... Uh, <laughs> So the person leading the like singing was like, okay, everybody, this is like the Super Bowl. You got to go all out, all in for this, like your solo uh, at the end. And everyone was going like all in and I'm sitting there. I'm nervous as. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm very, very nervous. And everyone was like, Dylan, we've been there. Been there. <laughs> um, everyone was looking at me and was like, yeah, you were like, your face was red and everything. And I, I was like, oh, man, I'm afraid that the, like the ring's gonna pop out of my pocket uh so when we get to the solo marisa she gets up she's like excited yelling out and everyone kind of goes silent and she's like angry for a second like why isn't he singing she looks over and i uh get down on one knee at that moment hey it's like a hallmark movie hey there you go i love it Dylan, thanks so much for donating. We really appreciate it, man. You made somebody, you changed somebody's life with that, and we appreciate that a lot. Thanks for listening. As long and as loyal as you've been, we super appreciate it. And so, uh, yeah, we'll see you on Twitter. And uh, thanks for listening to the pod. Yeah, the man, Dylan. Thank you. I appreciate it. Coming up, we're going to hear from another one of our listeners that donated just like you. But before we do that, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra or Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men get extra confidence when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations and no waiting in line at the pharmacy and it ships right to your door in a discreet package the process is simple sign up at bluechew.com consult with one of their licensed medical providers and once you're approved you'll receive your prescription within days and the best part it's all done online you don't have to go anywhere you can just sit at home order bluechew get it right to your door bluechew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredients and strength for your prescription if you don't like swallowing pills no problem bluechew's tablets are chewable Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, prepare and ship direct, and it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you would benefit from this, visit BlueChew.com for more details and safety information. We've got a deal for you listeners as well. Try Blue Chew free when you use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay $5 for, for shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, host of Locked On Fantasy Basketball, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're here now with Eric Peterson, our next hero slash Locked On Mavs listener slash our uh, Raccoon Squad, card-carrying Raccoon Squad member. Eric, what you got for me? Uh, absolutely card-carrying Raccoon Squad member. So I love this pod. Love you guys. Glad I could be on. Glad I could donate to our calling. Um, I've actually worked uh, as a partner organization with them before. And several people I used to work with work there. It is a great organization. So I was happy to donate. And the fact that I got to talk to you guys was just a bonus. 
Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. They're, they're, they still accept donations and everything. So we're not collecting anymore. But if you want to donate to our calling, go ahead, go to their website. And there's all different kinds of ways you can do that. You can also donate to specific things. So if maybe you look at the Christian ministry side and you're not super for that, you could donate to other things in their ministry as well. So and in their outreach and all that. So, uh, yeah. All right, Eric, give us the lowdown. When did you start listening to the podcast? When did you get your raccoon squad card? We should actually make some cards, shouldn't we? We should make at least a graphic yeah. card. Yeah, something we can all print off and laminate ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say, uh, when was it? So it would probably be, man, probably two and a half years ago. It was before Dennis Smith Jr. got drafted. Um, Dang, so it was that's, kind that's of a like... a long time. That's two in a row we've had. Yeah. They've listened long, long time. Yeah, it was... Probably midway, like b- midway before that, he got that, that draft year for him. So it was pretty early on after it, you guys switched on to this. Um, I'd heard about it before, but then the previous hosts kind of fell off. So I stopped following it. And then I then I heard, I was like, oh, it's back. And so obviously I started listening to you guys and you guys are way better than the previous guys. Um, wow. So anyways. And the legends. Yeah, they are legends. But I will admit yeah, they're sure. absolutely legends. Well, love both of them too, but you guys are the best. We just took wow. it and made it our own. That's all. I appreciate it. Yeah, we just put our own spin on it. Mike and Jake, they're awesome dudes. Yeah, they are. So you're 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 based in Dallas. You grew up Mavs fan. How did that how long yeah. have you been a Mavs fan? Oh man. I've been a Mavs fan so long I can remember talking to my dad about how how much better Dirk was than KG. Um, because oh. he stomped them in that playoff series. Let's so, go. Yeah. So, I mean, since I was a kid, I remember going to reunion arena and watching the triple J's back in the day. Dang. Um, okay. so yeah, I saw, I was at a game with Michael Jordan, um, where he clearly fouled at the rim and we should have won that game. Um, <laughs> but they didn't. Um, and so it, but it was, I've been a, been a Mavs fan for a long, long time. Love it. Dang. Love, love it. it. This season though. What's uh what what's your take on this season? Have you been frustrated watching this team? Are you excited watching this team? Are you, you know, what's your take on this season so far? It's been so up and down. I feel like people are split one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's hard not to be frustrated with this season just because I think, you know, it's you have Luka Doncic. So, like, how do you not want to be in the finals every year and have him hang around and especially with KP and the way he showed off, showed out? And you just think, you know, and everyone just thinks, oh, he'll just come back from that knee injury and be the exact same as he was in that bubble and we'll be going. And, but, you know, when you look at back at it and you're like, God, they lost so many people to COVID and um, just, just everything that's gone on. And like, I feel like this is a lost year for like all of humanity. So how can I blame it for being like kind of a lost year for the Mavs? Um, so like, I, I am, you know, you know, you know, small window looking at it, I get frustrated, you know, in the game and like, you know, something happens. I'm like, oh, they took another loss or something like that. I see a bad showing, bad effort. But, you know, I try and look at a big picture. And I'm like, this is like, Lucas 22. He just turned 22. Like, we got to all calm down a little bit. Like, Dirk at 22 was nothing close to this. So, I mean, we we're just talking about him. Like, he's going to win a playoff series one of these days. I promise you. So, yeah, it, it's, I try to keep a big picture. It's, it's, it's been, it's been fun still. So, you know, Luca magic is always fun. Derek at 22, I was looking at some pictures the other day of his like hairstyle and his facial hairstyles. And it made me think of like what Luca will look like later on. And it's like, will it be that big of a difference? And you're rocking just single stash. So I'm curious, what what Dirk looks have you rocked throughout your life with facial <laughs> oh, hair man. and hair? 
Okay, so definitely the hair, the longer Dirk hair, the shaggy Dirk hair. I definitely was rocking that in high school, and then I even let it go too long. Like I let it go. Oh you know, yeah. So that yeah, I made it. I went real long. The quarantine the too long, no yeah. cut. Yeah. Yeah, I went with that in high school, and but you know, for a little while it was like Dirk length, and then um, I really can't grow a beard, so a mustache is all I can grow. So if I, this is the only thing that I've kind of ever grown, um, successful at least. Um, so, and I've never rocked the earring like Dirk did when he was drafted. Uh, everyone <laughs> thinks about phase. that earring. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Oh, man. That's funny. What's your take on Porzingis? I love to get fans' takes on Porzingis and what they think about him now. Do you, you ready to run him out of town? Do you think he can be a second best player in a title team? What's your thought on him at this point? You know, again, I try and go big picture with it. Like, I want Luca is our star, we're building around Luca. KP is amazing, and I want KP to be like Dirk Light or whatever he can be, or Dirk Plus, Dirk 2.0, whatever that is, um, or not Dirk, Tall, Clay Thompson, whatever it is. You know, I want him to be that for Luca, but I also want the Mavs to be really good. So whatever it'll take to get to that point. And I remember, you know, when Dirk, we went through like, what was it, Jawan Howard and Antoine Jameson, and none of those players on the KP talent level. But I just remember how many times that roster was turned over until it even got to 06 and we got to the finals the first time. And then there was all that turnover where the only other person on that team was Jason Terry when we went to 11 and that was five years later. And that was the only Dirk and Jason Terry. So I just understand this is like a building process. So I'm like not angry if people want to trade him, but I, you know, I only want to trade him if I can upgrade. Um, and right now I really don't see anybody who's going to give you val value for it. Um, you know, and I'll let you upgrade. Yeah, the the Zach Levine, like Brad Beal, those pipe dreams. I'm not sure that they're. I'm not sure they're realistic, so. and I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll see about those. I mean, if Eric, Brad Beal like. Oh yeah. No, I mean, you got if Brad, it. Brad Beal wants if Brad Beal goes to management tomorrow and says I want to go to Dallas, it'll happen. But you know, I don't right. think that's happening. Yeah. More importantly, where do you stand on Andre Drummond? <laughs> so my second team is the Pistons. So you should know this. All my family's from Michigan. So oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, y'all have a yeah. good season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right? Um, so <laughs> I have, I love, I love Andre because he's fun to watch. But that's all he is. He's I mean, Michigan's having a good season. Let's be, yeah, let's Michigan, be honest. Yeah. Michigan, Michigan's having a great season. Yeah, fun, yeah. fun is I think a great word to describe watching Andre Drummond because it is entertaining. I will, I will yeah it's absolutely energy like 20 and 20 who doesn't want to see that on a nightly basis but exactly. you know yeah, then who when loves you're like, watching 20 rebounds yeah i know right but <laughs> yeah it's he the way he does it is pretty fun um but you know he's an entertaining player but like literally joel b lives in his head so like <laughs> like you're so everyone's like oh trade for uh drummond and we'll go be able to you know guard and beat and the big centers it's like uh no you won't he'll actually get be mind game to a death so he'll be no fun for anybody. Yeah, I was listening to Locke and Golliver on Lockdown NBA today after all the the jazz stuff. I really wanted to see what they both said about it. And they were like talking, they for some reason brought up Andre Drummond. And Ben Golliver was like, yeah, Andre Drummond is a guy that big centers should want to play against because they always put up big stats against him. I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's not our fix. That's not our fix for big center. Not at all. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, you have any questions for us? You want to you know, pose a question on the pod? You have a big Mavs take you want to get out? Uh, this is your chance to uh, to voice your opinion or to ask that, us something. Is that John Ralphio howling at the moon on your shirt? <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> that, that, that's, all, that's amazing. <laughs> Two guests in a row that got my shirt. Love it. The worst. The worst. <laughs> 
Rangers. All right, I'm, ex- I'm getting out of this soon. <laughs> Sorry, I do. <laughs> Eric, we appreciate you jumping on, man. It's been great. Uh, thank you for donating. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we will uh, talk to you hopefully soon on Twitter or wherever we see you. Yep. Thank y'all. Uh, keep doing what you're doing every morning. Wake up, listen to y'all first thing. So it's y'all are the best. Keep it going. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom. To the Utah Jazz, but you guys got to understand. You guys got to understand. Just like in video games, growing up, we never played with Utah. Even as great as Carl Malone and John Stockton were, we would have never picked those guys in video games. Never.